There are two burdens that Jesus does not want us to carry. He does not want us to carry the burden of guilt. And he doesn't want us to be ravaged by the feelings of revenge. When Peter comes up to Jesus and asks this question, how often must I forgive? Now he knew Jesus was a forgiving rabbi. He talked about forgiveness. So Peter says, as many as seven times? Now what, there was a prevailing teaching at the time with the Pharisees that you, could, you, you, you should forgive three times. They didn't have baseball back then. But you know, for us, we would understand that. Three strikes and you're out. So Peter thought he was being hugely magnanimous and saying seven times. And then Jesus offers this ridiculous reply, 77 times. They must have heard that back then and thought to themselves, how can we do that? I want to say four things about forgiveness, four ways of thinking of forgiveness. The first one is when we've done something wrong. We've all done that. We've all probably, at, at some times in our lives, hurt someone pretty, pretty deeply. Probably at some time, even if it was inadvertently. Maybe someone we love, spouse, brother or sister, close friend, a neighbor. And you know and I know how wonderful it feels when we go to them and we say, I goofed up, I'm sorry. You know how wonderful it feels when they say, don't worry about it, I forgive you. It's a great feeling. It's such a freeing moment, right? You, you know what I'm talking about. The gift of forgiveness, or when you go to confession, he has something big to say. And the priest gives absolution. And at that moment, Jesus is forgiving you. I, sometimes I can see people walking out of the confessional. And they seem like they're walking on air. It's so freeing. Another perspective, another way, is when we're forgiven and we didn't even ask for it. Now you might ask, well, does that ever happen? Oh yeah, it happens a lot of times in life. Let me give you an example. I want to tell this little story and then I'll go back to the last two ways. Many of you probably know of the story Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. We read it in high school. It was turned into a, a lot of number of movies portraying this story. And of course, the great play by, by um, the Hall Broadway and, and started in London. Actually, it started in France, and they adapted it for London. And it's, they, they, the, the big one that was so famous was released in 1985. It's still being performed today, 35 years later, in 42 different countries, in 21 different languages. It's such a powerful story. The main character, Jean Valjean, the very beginning, 
He's a good man. His sister's children are sick and they have no money. He steals a loaf of bread and he's caught and he's given a tough prison sentence of five years. Imagine that, five years for stealing a loaf of bread. He tries to escape, they tack on more years. He tries to escape again and they tack, and finally he's in prison for 19 years, according to the story, until he's released. But when he's released, he's really not free. You have to have a yellow card and you have to show this card, it's a parole card. Whenever you're gonna ask for it, you have to show it everywhere. When you have to ask for a job, when you wanna stay overnight somewhere. So Jean Valjean is not, he's a hardened person by now. For 19 years in prison, he's a changed man. He's bitter. His heart is full of revenge. Everywhere he goes to try to get a job, they turn him down. He's a convict. They're not gonna give a, take a chance on him. So one moment in the story, it's, most, it's, the, it's the turning point in the story. He's in a little town and he knocks on the door of the bishop of this little area. And to his shock, the bishop says he'll give him some food. Not only that, he invites him to sit down at his table and he eats with him. And then he tells him, I want you to stay the night. Now Jean Valjean hasn't slept on a bed in 20 years. You think his heart would be full of gratitude. It wasn't. He's a hardened person. This does not break through. In fact, he sees all the silver around the house and in the middle of the night, he grabs the pillowcase, puts the knives and the forks and the plates, all the silver, he puts it into the bag and he runs out in the middle of the night. He's caught by the police. They know he's a convict. They know he stole these things from the bishop. He, the, he, tells, the, he tells the police, the bishop gave them to me. Now are the police gonna believe that? So they bring him in. There's the bishop, this incredible moment. The bishop sees what's about to happen. He's going back to prison, probably for life. And the bishop says to him, holding two can silver candles, you forgot these. I wanted you to have these too. The, the, <laughs> the police can't, don't know what to make of this. But what can they do? He says, I'm, I'm giving these to him. And after the police leave, the bishop says to Jean Valjean, today I have bought your soul for God. Do something with it. Change your life. The, the line is, see in this some higher power, a greater cause. And Jean Valjean goes out and he weeps. This forgiveness got through. And he does change his life. He changes his name. 
He spends the rest of the story, the rest of his life, trying to do good for others. The power of forgiveness. He wasn't even asking for it. And he was given forgiveness. Now the other two ways, the other two perspectives, they're much harder because it's when we forgive. Even if someone comes and asks us forgiveness, if it's been a big thing, there's a lot of people who tell me, I can't forgive him. I can't do it. I know it's a sin, but I just can't do it. Now when I'm listening to them, they really want to forgive. But the wound is so deep, they can't do it. I think in that case, forgiveness is a process. You know, we are following the teaching of Jesus when we're trying to ask for healing for that wound. What I usually ask them, I tell them about this, no, it's not a sin. You're in the process. Can you say a prayer that one day you hope you, you would be able to forgive? Everybody I've ever asked that question to always says yes. They're in a process. It takes time. It takes the healing of the Lord before I could be able to forgive and really let go. The fourth one is the hardest of all. This is when people aren't asking for forgiveness. And we still call to forgive. And you might say, how is that fair? Where is that in the Bible? In Luke's gospel, from the cross, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's the toughest one. I heard someone tell me once, of, of the, listen to this. If I don't forgive, if I don't try to forgive, I'm not in the process of forgiving. The person who hurt me is really stalking me every day. They're in my mind, they're in my heart. The way they hurt me is always there. They have this power over me. But if I can forgive, there's a freedom. I don't think about them the same way. I don't, probably don't think about them very much at all anymore. Maybe once in a while I'll say a prayer that they could get healed. But it doesn't like, it's not always there. How do we do that? How can we do that? Jesus tells this story. The main point of this story is when you think about what God is giving you and me and his forgiveness of us and the way into heaven, forgiving our debt, how can we not try to forgive others? And it's got to be his power, his grace, and that healing of the wound. Listen to the tone of these words. This is Father Joseph Bain. He's a Franciscan priest. He's a chaplain of the Erie County Emergency Services. And he was there on 9-11. He was there that day and he was there the days afterwards. So he saw and witnessed probably his own friends who've died in that, in that tragedy. Here's what he says. In the days following the tragedy, 
Some said they saw the face of the devil in the smoke at ground zero. Many asked me about the same, and my answer hasn't changed in 10 years. No, I did not see the devil's face at ground zero. I saw the face of God and the people working, caring, sweating, crying, re rescuing, recovering, and being very spiritual in their very humanness. I was moved and changed and felt God's hand in the goodness that followed such tragedy. My ministry embodied the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Dear Lord, I pray for all of us here today. I pray that wherever we need your forgiveness or the forgiveness of others, that we may come to you and them in our prayers, asking for that gift, being open to receiving it. And for whoever in our lives has hurt, have hurt us, that you may also give us the grace to be free, to let go, to forgive. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen.